Good clap, that's a wrap. Good clap, that's a slap. <laughs> Good clap, that's a nap. <laughs> Ravioli. Pink demon. Oh, uh, Doom guy. It's Mario. Mario's dreaming of playing Doom. That would be like a '90s like, like magazine ad. They, yeah, that'd be like the cover of Video Games Monthly. Where it's just like <laughs> Mario's dreaming and he's playing Doom. Yeah, and it's like Nintendo's for kids. Even <laughs> Mario doesn't want to be Mario. <laughs> Even Mario doesn't want to play Mario. <laughs> but then, like, the Honest. back cover is uh, the Doom guy, like, playing Super Nintendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's the Doom guy, though, to you? In your head, who's the Doom guy? The the guy? What do you or mean? The... Who is... He is literally like, called Doom guy. The guy that you, like, the protagonist? The guy of that you play, The Doom yeah. franchise? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's Dwayne the Rock Johnson? He's Doom guy? Is is the Rock Doom guy? I mean, he's is that canon or is Carl Urban Doom guy? Because as you pointed out, he was first billing. Yeah, I mean, see, okay, here's my having just looked at the movie poster for the Doom movie. Mm-hmm. I think that what happened was that D- the Rock Johnson, comma Dwayne, is Doom guy. <laughs> Because he's he's at the front of the picture, like he looks like he is the protagonist. Mm-hmm. But I think Carl Urban was more famous at the time, and so therefore he got first billing, even though he's not the main character. Do you want me to tell you the answer? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I can't handle knowing. What is it? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Carl Urban is Doom Guy. What? The Rock is not Doom Guy. The Rock is, Why is... Sergeant Asher in quotes Sarge <laughs> Mahonan. <laughs> Sergeant Sarge Mahonan. Why though is he in the front center of this poster when he is neither the protagonist nor the first billing? Probably like in between the movie coming out and the DVD coming out, <laughs> The Rock became more became super famous. So, <laughs> really, think that's what happened? And they're uh, just I don't know. Them? Because the thing is, on the theatrical poster, neither of them are on it. Like they're not on the poster at all. It's like a monster or demon face. Where? Oh, Doom. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, um, sticking. Yeah, it's like coming out of the wall. The, yeah. Yeah. That's scary. I don't remember that happening in Doom the game. Yeah. Well, <coughs> there's all those like, uh, like there there is all those like weird little like panels on the wall that are like skulls and stuff. So. Oh, that's true. Could be is one that of what those. That's what though is when did Dwayne the Rock Johnson become famous? <laughs> uh, damn. Are we? Is this an episode of Rockography? <laughs> or Dwayne the 
Rock Johnson ography. Dwayne, Dwayne the God Johnson. <laughs> uh, sign- <sighs> in my mind, he's always been famous. Is the thing. So yeah, like yeah, because he was in the sequel to the Mummy, which I feel like. Oh really? He was like the villain, I think. Dwayne Jackson, the Scorpion King. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne Jackson is always the villain, and as far as I'm concerned, any <laughs> movie he's in, he is the villain. Oh, the Game Plan! I Dr. saw. Linson. Do you know that movie, The Game Plan, where he plays like a football uh, guy? No. no. <laughs> yeah, I saw it so in the theaters, he, and uh, he doesn't play Doom guy, but he plays not football good. guy. Yeah. You saw it in the theaters. Yes. The do you movie remember? Theaters? Do you remember in grade school, they had, I don't know if it was like a fundraiser or if it was just a thing. Maybe it had nothing to do with school, but like, do you remember the Mount Hood Theater in Gresham, Oregon? (laughs) (laughs) They They did this thing where it was like, you would like buy like a pass for like the summer or something like that. And it was like 12 movie tickets or something for like $12, like something like, you know, really cheap. But it was like I do actually. I think I know exactly what you're talking. about. And it was about, like, yeah. but you didn't choose what movies you go to. It was like you can go to like they had like one movie a week or something that you could like use your ticket on, and a lot of them were bad Disney movies, and that was one of them. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, I don't remember that. I'm realizing I didn't do that, but that's I did it fun. multiple years. I, I want to say. Um, you, you after seeing Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you begged your parents to do it another year. <laughs> I begged. That was probably the last year that I did it. TVH. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you as like a a little tiny little tiny little person, like a little <laughs> child, walking out of the movie theater having seen Dwayne the football guy Johnson, and just <laughs> uh-huh. like being like, "Yeah, I can't do this anymore." <laughs> it was that, and then there was another like Disney movie about like it was like a it was like a kid like alien invasion movie where like okay where like it's like a bunch of kids in like a cabin or something and like i think in a cabin (laughs) can i google that (laughs) and like like they they were like in an attic at some point extraterrestrial 2014 (laughs) I don't think that was it. Probably, probably too. That's probably too new. It had to be like two thousand six or five or something. Probably. Anyway, that's okay. not important. I just remember. I just remember that movie being really bad. <laughs> Altered. Wait, no. This looks. Oh, that's from the director of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, probably not. Probably, probably not a kids movie. Then. <laughs> Aliens in the Attic. That honestly probably. Is it? When, when did that come 2009. out? 2009. Wait, is it a... Okay. With um Ashley Tisdale, I think. That's gotta be it. That does seem kind of late, though, like 2009. But, oh, no, this is definitely it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has gotta be it. Hmm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, not in this movie. <laughs> Ooh, but Kevin Nealon. That's random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andy Richter. Wow, star-studded cast. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is one of the aliens, I guess. That's... Josh Pecks. 
Who's Josh, Josh Peck? Peck. <laughs> J.K. Simmons, yeah. Oh, I bet he voices really well the alien. Yeah, well, you know, you know, he voices really well. <laughs> I know he voices really well. Um, Is one of the kids Josh? Who is Josh then? What is Josh's role in this? He's another alien. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is this pre or post um, uh, whatever made Ashley Tisdale famous? What was she? Is she in um, High School Musical? She is. Yeah. So okay, so, so far this post is the right? height of her career. No, no. Wait, one when year did post High School High Musical. musical. Two thousand six. Oh, two thousand six. Yeah. So three years. <clears throat> yeah. A, a lifetime in terms of Disney stars. That is true. What is she doing now? <laughs> the um the the brothers from that uh, that show. Um, do you know them? The twins, Zach and Cole, <laughs> from High School no, Musical. Dylan, what are we talking about? Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Oh God. Uh huh. What about them? They're like very active. <laughs> They've stayed in the like they're like working out all the time. They're extremely fit. What what do they, they do? Could outrun, um, I don't know. Act. <laughs> okay. Good. I think they they were just like on social media too at one point. I don't know. Wow. So they're so they were they were a human being, <laughs> like in modern times, they're on social media. They does like John Romero use social media. You know, I think he does. Yeah, I think he has a is Twitter. He just on Twitter. Yeah. Wait, uh, that's what John Romero looks like? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> then describe describe for our audience what you're seeing. Oh my gosh. He's so he's wearing a like a, a collared shirt. It's black and white. He has like light stubble. Very like neat. He is he has the exact hair and glasses of my father. <laughs> like um kind of like thinnish, very long black hair, kind of like very neat. To the sides he just has this goofy smile wait what is this a modern picture of him does he have like really long hair mm-hmm. like silver and black hair oh it is really well the picture didn't show them enough of his hair for me to see just how long it is yeah it's very long it's a defining feature of john romero <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh that is very long like oh and he has black nails Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has black nails, yeah. Okay, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, he is very, uh, like, neat. That is a good way of describing him, though. Like, he's not, like, crazy, like, like he, like he takes unkempt. care of himself. Yeah. Uh, but, Tim, th- this is a good segue into <laughs> our, uh, our topic for today, uh, which is... Just talking about John Romero and John Carmack and uh, the founding of of id software id uh, software which listen we haven't really done an episode like this before uh, where we don't even really like talk about a game but the uh, like I think one it it will like really set up uh, talking about Doom, like, a good amount. And also, like, 
these guys are like very much in like their like career trajectory and everything and also just like how they like you know acted and everything they they are like the quintessential like like rock star like game maker <laughs> of all time <laughs> Um, I mean, just with his hair alone, he's a rock star. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's funny. You should also look up uh, John Carmack. Oh, I, what that's looked, exactly yeah, what I just did. Because it's, it's, the contrast is very clear. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. They're, yeah. They're, it's actually, physically at least, I'll be curious to see if personality-wise it's the same. Mm-hmm. They very much have a me and you-like <laughs> relationship. We're like... <laughs> Like, um, I'm, I'm Romero, like <laughs> longer hair, kind of like looks like a little bit more off, off the rails, but then, uh, Carmack is like, he kind of looks like you, honestly, <laughs> both glasses. He has like, like neat kind of like, Ooh, he has like in these nineties pictures, he has perfect, like coder, like, like mm-hmm. it guy, like um 80s like you know yeah like nerd like uh hair like it's like kind of wavy back yeah 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 like i could see him in an 80s movie mm-hmm. but he's like also he, the other thing about him is he's like also kind of ripped like really <laughs> yeah oh wow <laughs> uh yeah so john romero and john Crimack, the two johns they're they're <laughs> they're they, they've been called the lennon mccartney of computer games (laughs) um and just to like give a like general like overview of kind of the trajectory is like they kind of like came out of nowhere and just like completely like became like the biggest thing in computer games slash like video games in general for like a sort of brief period of time uh and then like yeah what are you gonna say it wasn't it was like it was pretty much just doom right that like was really like well received uh no like they like they were really big before even doom came out but then doom was like probably like the height of their success and then also because did they make wolfenstein too yeah wolfenstein 3d was like the year before doom i think and uh, um, and then after Doom, they made Doom Two, obviously, which was obviously also a big hit. But then they made Quake uh, as well, which was was their last game that they made together. Um, and it, just like a lot of rock bands, like they they like the 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 time when they get like the most famous and are making the most money is like when they start to like fall apart mm-hmm. <laughs> of course yeah and then they go and make like underwhelming solo projects yeah uh yeah to uh differing degrees for sure okay um I, I mean i kind of know what happened with, with romero mm-hmm. but i don't actually know like what carmack did afterwards yeah um so they and just like to give we're gonna talk about a few games and like what is remembered that they made is like more or less just a few games from this time period, but they were, like, <laughs> uh, incredibly, like, productive. So, in I, I was watching a, a talk by Romero uh, yesterday where he talked about how they made 28 games in the 
five and a half years that that he was at it. Oh my god! <laughs> are they did they all come out? Yeah, like those are all like released games. There was a year where they made twelve games. Where it's it was one like, for each month. yeah, he's like, we made a game each month. <laughs> um, yeah, it's truly insane, like how much they were working <laughs> and how fast they worked. Uh, so to go back, we're gonna we're gonna set the scene with like <laughs> who these guys are. Also, just just for the listener, Tim has stood up and has pointed his camera, <laughs> angled up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting like a Dutch angle shot of Tim right now, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh, it's just for you. <laughs> you don't even need to know. Here, I'll wait. I'll put. Mm-hmm. You know what? Since you brought it up, I'll put the my com- computer. No, it's fine. I just thought it was. Ch- no, I'm going to put a chair on my desk and my computer on the chair. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, so. John Romero. So I mean both of these guys like uh <laughs> clearly uh like loved games as a kid but John Romero was like was like obsessed with games and was like really really good at games like he won like arcade championships and stuff as a kid oh, Okay um did, did did he have like a particular arcade game that he played or just all of them Um I think he, well, so there was like, I should mention, um, a lot of, a lot of my information, like, is from the book Masters of Doom, which is a really good mm. book, um, uh, just about them and like, up, up to and past, um, like when they break up. <laughs> but like, okay. uh, kind of, I think it ends around like 2000 or something. Uh, okay. But anyway. So did you basically, you read this book and this is just your book report? Yes, this is my book report. Uh, it was good. <laughs> um, uh, I wish... Can you talk about the themes? Uh, Someone's knocking on our door. Chichan, get the door. <laughs> okay, well... Listen. What was that? Uh, that was FedEx. <laughs> oh, okay. The guy sounded really nice. Yeah, he was he was very nice. It is weird though, because it was like they normally will just like leave stuff at the door, but he was like waiting. <laughs> Did you get a sign for it? No. Which was yeah, that's why it was weird. Uh, but like uh, one of the things that that book uh mentions is that like he could play Pac Man without looking at it like he just had memorized like oh my God. the patterns and stuff <laughs> so i think that was one that wow. he was big and then i think he like mentions asteroids and stuff probably just like about anything but then also he um he got into like he would bike over to the like local university and because they had like computers there that was like the only place that had computers and so he like learned to program there and like would play the games that they had like on those computers <laughs> which were obviously like okay. very different from uh like arcade games but so he like 
He was like Oregon Trail in that dinosaur game. (laughs) Dinosaur game? Remember that? (laughs) Oh, you're talking about like like the games that we would have played as on computers? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he played on Fish Fish Frenzy or whatever. Feeding Frenzy. Fish Frenzy? You know Feeding Frenzy? Feeding Frenzy? This was... Me and... me and Sai both played this as kids. <laughs> it's like where you play, it's like you're a oh, fish actually, and you like eat other fish and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh. That's like literally Wait, the whole you, thing. You play as the fish? You play as the fish, yeah. And then you eat other fish and you evolve into bigger fish. So you oh, can eat, interesting. You can eat other fish that are bigger. Okay. Uh, but he... Did John Romero make that game? <laughs> I wish. Then he would be like the greatest of all time. Another thing common kind of between both these guys is they kind of both came from like... Honestly, like all of the people from it kind of came from like slightly broken homes. (laughs) (laughs) So like he, he lived with his mom and his stepdad and his stepdad was a former drill sergeant who... Oh my god, okay. Like, because he was, like, spending so much time on video games, like, he thought he was, like, turning into, like, a delinquent or whatever, and, like, was, like, you know, not doing well in school and stuff. So, like, uh, like, he would beat him up for, like, going to the arcade Mm. and stuff. And, like... Okay. Uh... (laughs) Um, this this sounds like the making of a of a video game rock star. Yeah, <laughs> like he has something to prove. Yeah, so like he kept um getting in these fights with his stepdad, and then he started making this uh comic at school about a character called Melvin who would get beat up by his dad for playing games, and he became popular like at school. <laughs> Oh my god! Like because people like these these comics. Like he would come up with like, like you know, like cr- like grisly like ways for him to like get beat up or like die and stuff. <laughs> and then okay, and he like got like girlfriends and stuff. <laughs> he like he became wow. like really popular. Um, Must have been a really good comic. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then he uh, he started. Uh, like writing his own games and then like sending them into magazines to get published because that's like kind of what you would do at the time if you okay like didn't have a company because like obviously there's no internet you would they would like yeah I think we talked about this in maybe an earlier episode but like they would like you like send your literal code and then they would just like print it on magazine pages so other people could type it in and stuff <laughs> wow okay <laughs> that's amazing yeah <laughs> How how long would that be? Would that be like a bunch of pages? Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I I guess it would, I can't imagine they're like super long at the time, but they must be like pages and pages, like at least. I'd imagine like five to seven pages at least or something, but I don't know. Um Wow, I do actually. I'm looking at a picture right now, and it's like mm-hmm. literally a full size page of like very tiny font, <laughs> like just yeah. 
Um, there's one that's Space Blaster, and it's two it's two pages on one that's like extremely tiny font. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of thing. Um, and he goes he goes to college, and I should say he was living in uh, California, or that's where he grew up, I think. But he goes to college. He is working at Burger King, I think, and this like okay. uh, girl comes in, and they fall in love, <laughs> and he marries okay. her, and like he's like nineteen or something at this point, I think. Okay, like he's like or like maybe even eighteen. Like, uh, so then he starts looking for a job. I assume he must have like dropped out of college then or something. But so he, he's looking for a job. He's obviously still making his own games. Uh, he gets hired by Origin Systems in New England, which is Richard Garriott's company. Um, okay, who is Richard Garriott? Ultima. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all connected, Tim. <laughs> it is wow. crazy. Like, there's like a connection from like Richard Garriott to like everyone, basically. <laughs> They're like. Like, in this whole season, it seems like. Is this season really the Richard Garriott season, then? <laughs> Except for that, we, like, never... Conspiracy. Yeah, we never really, like, talk about any of his games. <laughs> like, the most hated game of this season was his. <laughs> but, obviously, like, he is very influential. So there, mm-hmm. he worked with Paul Neurath, who we remember from Ultima Underworld. Who was the creator of that okay, game? Yes. On the game that he made before Ultima Underworld called Space Rogue, which was kind of where he got, like, we didn't talk about this, but it's kind of where he got the idea or, like, kind of what he was thinking about when he made Ultima Underworld. Because that game, from my understanding, is like, um, like, you would, like, move around in 2D and stuff and, like, go places, but then, like, you would see little, like, like, pseudo 3D, like, like visuals like it was like switched to that to like look at something okay. so he was like i want to make a game where you could just stay in that 3d and like move around um but so like uh they they're um you know like friends essentially um but it wasn't long before richard garriott wanted to move back to texas um we talked about matt in the ultima episode how he hated <laughs> new england um so paul neurath decided to stay there and offer john romero a job at his new company but john romero turns that job down so he could have worked on ultima underworld wow um and eventually he moves to shreveport louisiana to work at a company called soft disc that was making like his it's like basically like a subscription like service for software where like they would write like little programs and like I assume like send out like floppy disks or something like that like by mail or something and so like they hired him for that and then they started a like a game business where they would like you know like send out like games every month or a game every month Um, see that makes sense because what, what does that mean you're just sending out software? Just like whatever software you happen to be making? Like, yeah, just like why would you sign up for assorted software? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. Just like 
little like financial programs and weird stuff like that. <laughs> it was my understanding. I don't really know. It doesn't really go into it <laughs> in the book, at least. Yeah. But so there, John Romero is in charge of that like um, game division or whatever. And he hires a guy called John Carmack. Mm-hmm. Um, now John Carmack, uh, was like, uh, I think he grew up in like Kansas or something. He was like, uh, really, uh, like smart, basically like, uh, said in the second grade, he was tested to having a ninth grade comprehension level in <laughs> like every subject. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, he so John Romero uh, played D and D, and so did John Carmack. And John Carmack was like the kind of guy who became interested less in like playing D and D than like being like creating like the world and stuff and like all that. So he be, mm-hmm. he was like a DM, and he had like the, his own like you know setting and everything that he made. So more more evidence that you're the John Carmack. Yes, that that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, so then he found computers and students started hacking. He hacked uh, Ultima. Wow! To give okay. his characters uh, his his character more abilities in the game, and uh, his his parents got divorced, and uh, he had to like split living like a year with his mom and then a year with his dad or something like that. Oh my God. Okay. And his mom That's insane. Yeah. His mom didn't approve of games. So like he, <laughs> he, uh, like resented the, that part of his life, I think. Uh, yeah. And he moved around a lot and like, didn't really have any friends. Um, but then he kind of learned about like the culture of like, of like hackers and like computer like programmers and stuff and kind of found other people that were into that and uh <laughs> that's that's right okay. yeah so in like he 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 made these other friends and like was on like the early version of the internet of like wow, bbs's okay. and yeah. stuff where they're like bbs's what does that mean uh bulletin board system it's like oh um, it's like a like early version of like forums online. Wow. Okay. Um, but where it was just like you could just log on and post stuff to the bulletin board essentially. Yeah. And yeah. so they learned how to make explosives and things on there. <laughs> like real explosives. I IRL? guess. And so one thing he made <laughs> from that is, uh, he learned a chemical recipe to cut through glass like like i guess you could put it on glass and it would like wow, melt it or okay. something and so he used that to break into his school into the school like <laughs> computer lab to get a computer and he like got through the window but then the alarm went off and he got like <laughs> caught by the cops and he got he got uh taken for psychiatric evaluation and sent he got sent to ju- juvie um oh my god <laughs> and okay. it was like everyone else there was like there for like drugs and stuff 
and like he was there for trying to get a computer <laughs> trying to steal a computer uh god they they really are the like the rock stars yeah, of the gaming world yeah they're and it's not the last time they'll be uh let's say like not legally getting computers <laughs> um okay great uh so his like um big thing i guess like to to go back a little bit like what the what they're known for is like Carmack is known as like um like a like a graphics like programming genius just in general and then like Romero is more like um like he's known as like the designer of Doom and stuff which um is kind of like I think something like he like they like leaned into of like making him like the figurehead of the company but it's not okay. necessarily maybe like um like i feel like john romero john romero maybe is like not understood as much like like the popular image of him is maybe not like exactly accurate i would say uh, cuz like he's also just like a really good programmer and like that was his main uh, you know, like role in the company for for a long time. Um, okay. But so, John Carmack uh, was like from the beginning always interested in like making uh, like realistic like computer simulations, essentially like like more realistic graphics and stuff. Because um, he saw like. Uh, the hollow deck on Star Trek, you know that you know that is, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. like you, he wanted to make that in his computer, basically. Yeah, he was like, oh, in like life, like that would be amazing. <laughs> um, and so, um, he was also making games just by himself and like selling them kind of in a similar way to Romero, yeah. but he yeah. obviously like wanted to like get away from his family and like have more have like a more stable income so then he goes to yeah. this job interview at Softdisk and gets hooked up with Romero and so at at this point uh like they immediately click obviously and like because they talk about how like up until this point like they had been making games by themselves and they'd like never met anyone else really that like made games. And then that also oh, were like, they were both like, wow. Even... Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Well, I guess, yeah, like Romero had like worked at those other companies and stuff, but I think, yeah. I think it was more that like they both were like, wow, I've never met someone who was like at, like I would like consider like as good as me. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, and probably as passionate about it, like just yeah, invested in it, like personally, yeah, enough to be just be doing it, yeah, yeah, and um, so they're like they're working on stuff, and at this time, Romero's own family life is kind of going off the rails because he's spending all his time at work making games. He has a yeah, kid at this point with his wife, okay, Burger uh, King girl, uh huh, <laughs> and um. So, like, the, as part of it being, like, a subscription service, they had to, like, make a game, like, each month or whatever. So, obviously, they were, like, which is, like, 
an unrealistic kind of thing for two people <laughs> or whatever they were. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait. So this is why they made those games every month. Was for they the were still doing that even after? <laughs> oh my god! Because this is before they like started their own company. Yeah. Um, okay. But so like they were. But then also, so the the game divisions of Softdisk is just the two of them. It's the just two the of them, and then they hire um, an artist. Uh, yeah, okay. Named Adrian Carmack. No relation to John Carmack. That's just wow, how weird the story is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so that he could do the art. But otherwise, it was like basically them. And then there's this other guy at Softest called Tom Hall who would just like hang out with them because he also made games, but he wasn't officially like yeah. in their division. Um, but. So Romero ends up getting divorced because of working, oh, okay. <laughs> working like late nights and stuff. And uh, basically, like the book, uh, like describes it as like he considered like his his like pa- his like you know passion and like drive to make games was like stronger than like. needing to like keep a family together or whatever he was like yeah yeah. i think he realized like they'll be like happier without me basically (laughs) like Mm. like because he like i mean couldn't like devote time to them yeah and clearly his ambition was only just beginning Mm -hmm. because this is like just the beginning of the story yeah so like it wouldn't have ever gotten better yeah so uh John Romero had this character called Dangerous Dave that he put like put in like games that he made. And okay. one night um at Soft Disc, John Carmack and Tom Hall were hanging out and Carmack showed uh Tom what he'd been working on, which was he'd figured out how to make smooth side scrolling on PC. So like, um, like before that, it was like you know, like the screen would like, eh, 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 you know, like yeah, in like little yeah. blocks, so you could like see it like all moving and stuff. They figured out how to make it smooth, like Mario on the Nintendo. Interesting. Did we talk about that in the Mario episode? I think we did a little bit because what they end up doing is they show this to Romero, and he's like, he's like, we should like. Uh, and they well they title it Dangerous Dave and Copyright Infringement because they like basically like just took a bunch of like Super Mario Bros. three stuff <laughs> okay, like graphics yeah. and like recreated it and put it and like to to run it and they're like we need to sell this to Nintendo <laughs> is basically how what uh, Romero decides is like if Nintendo if we could like be the ones who like figured out how to do this and sell it to Nintendo like we'll be rich. Um, yeah. So they, um, basically like clandestinely like, like bring like their like pickup trucks or whatever to the computer or to the, uh, the office on like Friday night, put all the computers on their truck and bring it back to their like place. And then like worked (laughs) on that, uh, on the weekend and, like, they made this demo of, like, recreating, like, the beginning of Super Mario Bros. 3, I guess. And they sent wow, it to Nintendo. Yeah, okay. And we're like, like, you can, you can sell like, it on... You see? Yeah, you can sell it on the PC. And they were like, nope. 
we don't want to. <laughs> oh. Which I guess because yeah, yeah, obviously that that was that's kind of goes against their whole like, that's their whole model. thing. Yeah, but but that is so sad. <laughs> what they end up doing is just like taking that same technology and just making their own game, uh, which was Commander Keen. Uh, okay, why not Dangerous Dave? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. Um, but like this is where um Tom got added as like the game designer of the of the group. He like came up with like the like story and like you know like the the different like kind of game design tenets of the game and stuff. Uh and it's like this like really goofy uh like <laughs> series about like a kid fighting like trying to save the planet from like aliens and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's wearing a, a an oversized football helmet. Yeah, and he's like he like builds a rocket ship out of like household like you know stuff that you'd find around the house or whatever. Uh, and like this was this was like Tom's uh, like sensibility essentially it was like everything is like goofy and like uh, um. Just like <laughs> the cat is freaking out right now. Uh, this like you know like weird like alien names and stuff. It's uh I guess the first one is Commander Keen and the Invasion of the Vorticons. Yeah, I saw that word Vorticon. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, he's he's the he's the the goofy guy. Yeah, he's the that's goofy why guy. Doom is so funny. <laughs> yeah, and so what they do is. They sell it to this company, Apogee, which their whole thing was they published shareware games, which is like a a thing from the 90s that uh, was like really big because what, like a lot of it kind of is because of <laughs> these guys. Uh, basically, what it, what it is is like you could go online, download the first like the beginning of a game and then it would be like you want to keep playing like here's like an address and then you would like send a check to that address or whatever and then they would mail you back the rest of the game so it was like okay so you it's like free demos basically yeah it's essentially like demos um at the time um and so they release the first like bit of commander keen as through that and it's immediately like the most successful shareware like uh game ever made it was number one on the shareware charts which was the first and only game to to break the top 10 uh at the time i guess um and this is uh when they kind of formed uh id which was their uh, initialism for the original game. The original uh, name was Ideas from the Deep. Okay, and then also it stood it's for In Demand, <laughs> which is just like so. Is there's like something about that is like so nineties to me. It's, like, <laughs> it's also so like cocky game rock star. Exactly, like, it's perfectly in the personality that you're establishing. Yeah, and like it that was like it's like. Totally something that would like a like 
like a hip hop like label from the nineties would be called. <laughs> We're in demand. Yeah. It's like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like a, a Wu Tang ass like rap. Yeah. <laughs> um so they're like suddenly making like thousands of dollars every month from that. And so they're basically like, well, like, you know, maybe we don't have to like do this day job anymore. Um, and there's like a whole thing with that of, uh, like, you know, their boss did find out basically that they were like using, (laughs) using the company computers (laughs) to like do this and everything. And, uh, they get out of it without being like sued or anything by him being like, well, if you keep like making games for me, like every now and then essentially like it'll be fine. So in addition to like making their own like games, they had to keep making games for, I don't know how long I don't remember, but like for a while for, (laughs) I assume not like as frequently though. Yeah. I don't think as frequently, but like still, I think it's (laughs) kind of insane. Yeah. Um, so we haven't, we haven't talked about him too much, but Adrian Carmack was like, he was the artist, um, of the group and he hated doing the Commander Keen games cause he like hated like the, like, like the, the kid, like kind of centered, like, you know, like goofy kind oh, of sensibility. Yeah, okay. He was like really into like dark stuff <laughs> and like. So when they were making a uh, another like side scroller game later on, um, that was like Dangerous Dave in the Haunted Mansion or something like that, um, okay. yeah. th- th- which had like zombies and stuff. He added, yeah, <laughs> he added. He's, he's um, finally back in the game. Yeah, he added blood to the game, <gasps> and like um, more like you know like violent animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Romero like loved it. He was like. Oh my god, there's blood in this game, which was like <laughs> like very few games had that at the time. Oh, interesting. Because this was this would have been that was like, like 90, a big deal. 1990 or 91. Yeah, and I guess nothing we've done so far has like blood in it or Yeah. You know, I guess like violence in games probably isn't really a big thing yet, right? Like I mean, kind of like like most games are violent, I would say, but, like, they're not as, like... But, like, graphic violence. Yeah. Like, I think Mortal Kombat wasn't until later, too. Yeah. Like, uh... I feel like that probably came about around the same time as... Wait, what about Doom? what about Ultima Underworld? Are we still not to that yet? Because I feel like there's blood in that. It's plenty gory. <laughs> like, when you uh, kill the rats and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. there is, yeah. Yeah, but that wouldn't have come out yet either. Um, oh, okay. I'm trying to find one. Because, like, I feel like Mortal Kombat and, like, Doom kind of are, like... Is there a, does combat start with a K in Mortal <laughs> it Kombat? It does, yes. Wow. That's crazy. Gosh, it just the, the stupid movie keeps coming up. <laughs> Also, I'm just getting all the new games. It's the same as Doom. Oh, it's uh, 92. 92, okay. So, yeah, around the same time. But that obviously hadn't come out yet either. Um, so, when the uh, when the, like company saw it, though, when Softdisk saw that, they were like, 
<laughs> like you need to take out the all the like gore and stuff. Um, and so uh, Adrian said, maybe one day we'll we'll make a game where we can put as much blood as we want. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a very like um kind of like emotionally drawn out like scene in the movie yeah. version of this. yeah <laughs> that's like really setting up doom yeah and then he like looks at like uh, a big like uh demon looking skull that they have like <laughs> a drawing of or something uh-huh. yeah yeah i should say like they so like they all played D together too mm. and of course that's awesome <laughs> and like in a lot of their, no, I guess maybe not a lot, but like ideas for Doom and later Quake, like came from their D and D, like games. Uh, <laughs> in their D and D games, uh, like there was a lot of like demons and stuff <laughs> that they'd be fighting. Okay. Um, but anyway, so at at the around this time, Carmack started getting interested in making something 3D and not something slow like a flight sim like was kind of like kind of a standard 3D game at this point but something like fa- faster like an arcade game um, but the problem was PCs weren't fast enough to render things in 3D at the time so he tried out um, a bunch of different things and there's kind of like a series of a sequence of games that came out from this that like most of them nobody like talks about anymore but like the first thing uh he did was just uh like basically make it as simple as possible like um just like make everything just like squares essentially and then like make like the ceiling and the floor were like just like all like you didn't have to do anything to them because they were just like one color essentially so like the um if you look up hover hover tank 3d that's the first one um i need to individual what you're talking about yeah wow okay literally just like every wall is monochrome yeah every wall is just a color because that was also like the style but all the but the walls are different colors. So that's the walls are like different colors. See what's happening. Yes. <laughs> it's not like all the same. Just... Yeah. Um, okay. So was this was this the first of their... This was the first was of their like good. 3D ones. Yeah. And so in their next game, um, they added texture mapping. And Romero had heard about texture mapping from Paul Nurath, um, who was working on Ultima Underworld. And like he was... Yeah. Basically, the story is like he was on the phone with... With... Uh, Paul Nerath, and then like he was telling them about that and then he like puts down the phone and like swivels around and is like hey they're doing texture mapping <laughs> like Paul's doing texture mapping and Carmack's like yeah we, we can do that and so they add that <laughs> and that um, becomes Catacomb 3D which is considered like the actually like first uh first-person shooter in a way because it well it it established the like thing of like you can see your uh in this case it's your hand that you're like throwing out fireballs from yeah okay so it's it's like first-person shooter but it's magic yeah um and apparently it's not the same like that good (laughs) okay this is the same monster from the tank game 
Um, I don't know. Or is that just getting pictures from Catacomb 3D? Hover Tank 3D. Hmm. I don't know. It's the same big red monster. It could be, honest. Again, this is this was the year where they were making a game every month. <laughs> so okay. it could be that they, they just have to like reuse some. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so eventually, like, I think these games were also maybe still, like, kind of slower. I'm not sure. But so eventually, then he ends up making this, like, kind of, you know, building on top of this. Um, and making it faster by using a technique called ray casting, which basically meant, like, um, you were just rendering, like, a 2D image that made it look like it was 3D by, like, calculating the distance between you and, like, the wall and then, like, making that bigger or smaller based on the distance. Okay. Which... Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it sounds, like, kind of similar to... Um, mode seven on the SNES. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like you, with this technique, like you can't like look up or down or like, there's no like verticality. Like you can't, you yeah. can't go up and down at all. Um, but this is what they use to make, uh, Wolfenstein 3D, which is like, oh, okay. Um, the first, like, you know, you're a guy running around shooting people, <laughs> like actual, you know, first-person shooter, essentially. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like when they when they got in their groove, and like Carmack would work on the engine, and then Romero would like think about like what kind of game would best like match the technology that they that they had, and so he was like, "We just need to make like we have this new you know engine that can like." render things really fast so we need to make a fast game essentially <laughs> um, yeah and so let's make it that you're killing nazis yeah really fast. so th- it's actually um a remake of there was a game for the apple II, a 2d game called castle, Wol- castle wolfenstein that had like oh wow yeah that had like gone into like or like the name for it or something had like gone into like like had like the copyright had lapsed or something, so they could just use it. <laughs> hmm. And so, but the thing is, the original game was more of like a stealth game. You were like sneaking around, um, and like taking out like like Nazis one by one, and like you know like hiding their bodies and stuff. And so originally, wow, this like originally when they were making Wolfenstein 3D, they like added a lot of those stealth mechanics, but then they were like this is just making it like, like slower. And like, why would, why would you like want to like waste time dragging bodies and stuff when you're just like, should be running around just like shooting dudes <laughs> is essentially yeah. how they, how that ended up. Um, <laughs> um you also, yeah. you know, it, the, I'm looking at castle Wolfenstein and it's like, um, a top down, kind of thing yeah. and i feel like it actually that that does seem it seems like a good format for a sort of splinter cell type like sneak kill and then hide the body type game because you can see where people are coming from and stuff mm-hmm. whereas like this like early 3d doesn't sound as good like for that you know yeah yeah like it, it feels like you should be running around and just as fast as you can killing people yeah and that's obviously like what they were more interested in <laughs> yeah um yeah. and 
So one kind of important thing that happened at this time is they almost sold the company. They went to wow. um uh a Sierra Online, which was like one of the big computer game companies of the time. Um they made like adventure games mostly. And they like had this whole presentation of like Commander Keen and then showed uh like what they were working on with Wolfenstein 2. And uh, they were offered two and a half million dollars in stock of the company. And they like went back, oh. they went back and like discussed it. And they were like, they, they said, let's ask for a hundred thousand dollars like up front. And then if, if they say yes to that, then we'll sell. And if they don't, then we don't do it. And oh my god, that they're so underselling themselves. That's insane. Well, it would be like a hundred thousand down plus, you know, the millions. Um, but oh. yeah, uh, but still, yeah. I mean, but it, but they didn't go for it. The um, Sierra Online did, uh, did not uh, go for it. And Romero was like, they just don't see the potential of like Wolfenstein 3D, like, it's gonna be huge. And so he's like, like, screw them. Like, let's just do it. Our, like do everything ourselves. So they release, uh, Wolfenstein again through shareware, um, through Apogee. And obviously oh, wow. it's, it's a huge hit. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, like they're like, they were already making like, I think like, like, you know, a ton of money like hundreds of thousands a year but they were be- mm. they were going to become like like millions of dollars after this um yeah and and that's kind of um like the where, where we're going to leave off to before they get into doom oh my god yeah we <laughs> I was about to say, like, I, I was getting ready for to talk about Doom, but that's the whole next episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's the premise of Gameography. I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, like, they're... Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, because also, like, I... There's a lot of, obviously, like, details I left out uh, just in this, like, little overview, but, like, a, a lot of it is, like, just how, like, kind of insane their, like, work... <laughs> like environment was of just like it's just a bunch of like 20 year old guys like being crazy in an office and like suddenly (laughs) making like thousands and thousands of dollars and like so you can imagine they just like do a lot of crazy stuff um but also just like eat a lot of pizza and stuff like that was just like how they like like they basically like lived at their well, I think, like, also, you know, in this, when they, like, started out, they all lived, maybe not all of them, but, like, they had, like, a house that they all worked out of. So they basically did just, like, live mm. where they worked. And then they would, like, play D&D together and stuff. So, like, they were just, like, always <laughs> together, like, always oh working on stuff. Literally, why is there not a movie about this? This is yeah. Like, I would want. I want to watch this movie so. Yeah, much. it would be great. 
it's just like Silicon Valley, yeah. but set in like the eighties, nineties and like yeah. with D and D. Yeah. And and I don't yeah, I didn't doom. put it in here. At some point they move to I think maybe it is by the time they're making Doom, I think they maybe have moved. I'm not I don't remember, but at some point they do also move to Texas. Um mm. and like uh Obviously, that's where Richard Garriott moved his company. Like, uh, I think they're, I think they were outside of Austin or something. Like that area became known as like, for like a period in the '90s, as like the Silicon Valley of gaming because there was all these like game companies there. Yeah. <laughs> and you said it's it outside Austin. I think it was outside Austin. Yeah. That's interesting. Like. Because there's probably also that was that also around the time that Austin was just becoming Austin too, probably so like, yeah. Like, but they were like, at least I know it was like in like a small town, but oh, but it was like probably like you know the nearest like city was Austin, be my guess. Um, but yeah, that's hmm. that's it's off. Do you know who else was like who else was making games in that area at the time? Um, they made it the Silicon Valley of well Texas. Well, once um, once John Romero left, it software like his new company was in was there. Okay. Um. Um. And then obviously, like Richard Garriott's company Origin was there. I don't know yeah. who else was there, but like that's enough that's, to be that's a, a that's a valley. yeah that's a big amount <laughs> yeah <laughs> for the time yeah there were less people <laughs> listen there were less people there was like 20 people at the time 20 25 30 like yeah three's this a lot the 90s we're talking about the 1990s there's barely anyone there's barely anyone alive um no but this is this is very interesting i think Someone should buy the rights for this episode and make a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, this episode, please. Uh, this information can't be found anywhere else. So please, yeah, come it should directly be a, it should, to the, the movie should be the movie should be a Julian Julia style, like where the movie is like about us making <laughs> this episode of the podcast, <laughs> and then also about them. Yeah, it's like a really close up shot of like uh, Google Hangouts, and it's like. <laughs> it's like hey you want to record in an hour and then it's like it's like dun 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 and it's like the little like you know like the someone like is dots. typing yeah <laughs> and it's like yes but maybe an hour and a half dun dun because <laughs> that is that, that is, is the true story of how this episode was yeah made. we're giving you like behind the scene details for free right now if you want to if you want yeah. the rest you gotta watch the movie <laughs> You gotta you gotta pay us a billion dollars the rights to this movie, <laughs> to our story, yeah, and to the, for the story to its software, <laughs> which we own, yeah, which is proprietary to us. It's proprietary. It's uh my proprietary to us. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should buy the movie rights to my papaya <laughs> from us. <laughs> Uh, someone yeah someone should make a like a making of of my papaya that's also a choose your own adventure like also a an interactive <laughs> we should do that 
Did we briefly talk about making a sequel to My Papaya? I'm sure at some point. I don't know that we ever really for did. Fun, like last year. Did we? Maybe. Anyways. Um, <laughs> don't want to steal that idea. Gonna Nobody steal that idea and make a making of the movie that we made <laughs> <laughs> without us knowing. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah, like someone shows up with a camera and is like, Hey, we just have some questions for you. What is this about? P- I, listen, Peter Jackson can make that movie. He can direct it <laughs> through the like go through the footage like he did with the Beatles. Yeah. Did did that come out? No, I don't think okay. so. Did it? No, because I've been seeing more things about it recently. Yeah, I think it's like getting ready. To, oh, did it like wait? Does it come out like right now? <laughs> does it come out exactly right now at twelve oh eight p.m. Uh, Central time. Oh my god! It actually it came out four day three days ago. Yeah. Dang. Wait. Oh, but it's only on Disney Plus. Yes. Yes. We have we we we've had this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> did you cancel your Disney Plus as a sane person would? Oh Jesus! I hope I did. <laughs> I've been paying for Disney Plus this whole time. Because I remember last time we talked about it, you were like, you still had it. I don't. Oh my god! I'm gonna be so mad at myself, but um, also, wow! Yeah, I still have it. I've been paying for it for like the last like five months. But oh my god! Now I now I can watch it. The Beatles movie. <laughs> well, Wait, can I? Why is it not? Why is it not on the front page? Of oh, you have to pay for a Disney Plus Plus to watch the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles movie. <laughs> Wait, it's not on here. What? Oh, I, lo- I looked up Beatles. Let me look up and get back, I guess. Hmm. Is the, uh... It's not on here. WTF. Wow. Is it because you're in France, you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> you have to, like, uh, VPN to, to see it. <laughs> that is weird that, that oh my God. I th- it wouldn't be a worldwide thing. I, l- I literally think you're right. Did this, so do the, do French it. people hate the Beatles? Um, they might because the Beatles are English. Yeah, yeah. But yeah that, that's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> Is there like a a like a French version of the Beatles that like no one like outside of France knows about? Um, les Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just your nickname? I actually don't think um that there is. <laughs> Like a good Beatles equivalent. There's like no bands in France. <laughs> Famous. <laughs> it's just all like women, uh, like singers, like pop singers in France. Yeah. Yeah. And then Serge Gainsbourg. But he was um, writing the songs for and banging all of them. <laughs> wow. Is there a movie about that? Um, there should be. Get. Get back. Get banged. Like, wait, is that get banged? <laughs> okay, well, well listen, we <laughs> people don't need to listen to this. <laughs> Are we still recording a podcast? Wait. Uh, thank you for listening to Gameography. Uh, we will be con- uh, going into Doom next week. 
uh, play Doom. So if you haven't been playing along with us this season, mm. you're going to want to play this next one. <laughs> Let's say. Yeah. I can already say this is the this is the funnest one so yeah. far. So like definitely. Yeah. Like just play yeah. Doom. Here's a little uh sneak uh preview of my thoughts. It's good. <laughs> no, but like I <laughs> I literally I think I wrote down like <laughs> this, like this game like Doom could come out today and people would be like, "Oh, this is like like this is like a throwback game, but it's like really good." Like you should still play it. Like, <laughs> oh, that's like, so accurate. Like people would yeah. be like, "Oh, it's so cool how like it's like a retro aesthetic," but like in other in every other way, it's like, yeah, it's just a good game. Like, doesn't yeah, really like, feel other than the, than the aesthetic. Nothing is dated about yeah. it. It's so yeah. good. So um, oh, like like that moment when in like one of the first levels where the lights go out and mm-hmm. all the the demons come out. <laughs> Like, yeah. if I saw that in a modern game, I'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. And this is in one of the, like, first five FPS shooters. Yeah. <laughs> First-person shooter shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, very good. <laughs> if, you like, if you like hearing thoughts like these, listen to the next <laughs> episode, where we will repeat these <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, for one hour, exactly. <laughs> um, so, see you next time. Bye-bye.